0: me when i was 9 or 10 years old i was in elementary school and we had just finished a game of dodgeball for our pe class at the end of this gym class we were heading back to class and my friends were laughing hysterically about something so of course i wanted to be involved and i said hey guys what's so funny they looked at me and they said raise your arms okay so i did and they laughed even harder I'm like, what is going on? So I looked down, (laughs) and I realized that I had extremely sweaty armpits. But again, here I was, a 9 or 10-year-old boy, not fully understanding how the body worked, and it must have been a whole lot more than anybody else, because otherwise, why would my friends laugh at me? We're making comments that made me feel extremely humiliated, embarrassed, scared, confused and even ashamed. So from that moment on, I started to change the way I lived to, to protect myself and to say, I want, I want to never feel this way again. I'm going to avoid any feelings of embarrassment, shame, confusion, all that kind of stuff.
1: Welcome to The On-Call Empath. I'm your host Raj Mantaj and I have a guest today by the name of Ben Eden. Um, He is actually a keynote motivational speaker. Um, He's a a workshop leader and a life coach. Um, He recently left his HR position to dedicate his life focusing on the message that he'd like to give out and help others by turning pain into power. You definitely don't want to miss this episode. Let's get started. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Tranquility Base here. The angle has landed. Uh, Ben, how are you today?
0: I'm doing so great. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, no problem. So, just to kind of go right straight ahead, I mean, you used to be an HR director and uh I see that you played a little soccer too. Uh <laughs> Do you still uh do do you still play soccer right now? No, totally, man. I I play about 3 times a week actually. I love it. Well, what it kind of intrigued me is like um you know, you were talking about, you know, more of the emotional pain I know trauma comes in many forms. A lot of people think that, you know, it has to be physical. Um, so the reason why I kind of reached out to you is to kind of get a little bit more um, more feedback on the emotional part of it. So maybe you can explain um, and start by kind of talking about, you know, what, what does emotional pain mean to you?
0: Absolutely. So the first thing that comes to my mind is this quote that says, the brain reacts the same way to emotional pain that it does to physical pain. Mm-hmm. Now, the first time I heard that, I was like, my goodness, is that true? <laughs> and and the person explaining it was a PhD who had worked in the medical field and all that kind of stuff, and she said, yeah, people had, you know, the doctors had experience with opioids and how that dampens pain, physical pain. Then they started to think, well, I wonder if it mm-hmm. works for emotional pain as well. And they discovered that, yes, it does. When... You know, it actually dampens the emotional pain that um, accompanies a physical injury or a breakup or some something emotional, and that opioid actually does a little bit, you know, some good with that. So the thing is, hey, we shouldn't turn to medicine Mm -hmm. and become addicted to that to solve emotional pain. So is there another way? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. With emotional pain. It It's really just an unresolved emotion. I'll go into my story in a little bit, but as we're going through life, whether it's a very big traumatic experience when we're young or throughout life, or if it comes from like a flippant remark and somebody just says something that totally embarrasses us or makes us feel rejected, mm-hmm. or we feel very embarrassed, like I said, if we don't resolve those emotions at the time, then they will stick with us. Because mm. the thing about emotions is, They will stick with you until their message is delivered. So we really need to understand how to receive that message so that those emotions don't have to affect us for our entire lives. Does that
1: answer your question? Yes, it does. And that kind of leads me to ask you, like, you have a unique story. And I was wondering if you can share that with us because um, a lot of the audience members that are listening right now, I mean, they've been through you know, all types of trauma. In fact, um, it, it come, trauma comes in many forms. Um, even with bullying, um, people making remarks, like you said, it, it all kind of hits, um, kind of the same way. But in your particular case, you had a specific incident when you were younger. And I was wondering if you can just share that with us. Yeah, I'd be
0: happy to. Thank you. Yeah. As I was becoming a speaker, and talking about emotional pain, I began to think, well, do I have a story? Do I have something that makes me qualified, quote-unquote, you know, to talk about emotional pain? And I remembered something that had happened to me when I was 9 or 10 years old. I was in elementary school, and we had just finished a game of dodgeball for our PE class. And uh, I was discovering that I was, you know, gifted at sports. So I would, I did very well in that dodgeball game. And... I started to realize that my friends were noticing that I was good at sports. So here I am, a 9 or 10-year-old boy, discovering my talents, making a name for myself, and really caring about how my friends thought of me. At the end of this gym class, we were heading back to class, and my friends were laughing hysterically about something. So, of course, I wanted to be involved, and I said, Hey, guys, what's so funny? They looked at me, and they said, Raise your arms. Okay, so I did. And they laughed even harder. And I'm like, what is going on? So I looked down, <laughs> and I realized that I had extremely sweaty armpits. And you might think, well, what's the big deal? You just finished a game of dodgeball. Of course you'd be sweaty. But again, here I was, a 9 or 10-year-old boy, not fully understanding how the body worked. And it must have been a whole lot more than anybody else. Because otherwise, why would my friends laugh at me? And once again, you might think, well, you know, it's just not that big of a deal. It's a one-time event. But you have to realize the emotions that I experienced in this time of my life, where my friends, people I cared about and thought that they cared about me, were making comments that made me feel extremely humiliated, embarrassed, scared, confused, and even ashamed. Because I thought, well, I didn't mean to do this. I don't want people to react to me this way. This isn't who I am. Mm -hmm. All sorts of feelings and thoughts started to come to me. Now, they remained Mm -hmm. unresolved. Why? Well, I couldn't talk to my friends because they were the ones laughing at me. I didn't want to talk to my mom because I didn't want to Mm -hmm. relive these emotions. So from that moment on, I started to change the way I lived to to protect myself and to say I won't I want to never feel this way again. I'm going to avoid any feelings of embarrassment, shame, confusion, all that kind of stuff.
1: Wow, that's a very powerful story. Thanks for sharing that. Um I know you know I can relate to. I mean, definitely the things when we grow up whether it's, you know, in school or family, um just the smallest things that, you know, that we can't control can turn into um, things that we that shapes us uh, later in life, um, and I know that a couple of times you had mentioned, um, you know, physical pain is the same as emotional pain. And I was wondering if you can kind of uh, kind of shed more light on that and just kind of explain how the two are kind of similar. Yes. So back to the quote: the brain
0: reacts the same way to emotional pain as it does physical pain. So think of it Mm -hmm. this way, starting with physical pain. If you are to sprain your ankle, what does your brain do to cope, or how does it react? Oh, yes, it feels a a sensation of pain, and now it says, well, shoot, what do I need to do? I'm probably going to compensate by Mm -hmm. limping, if I'm not going to go to the doctor and get it taken care of. And that may affect my relationships, you know, oh, now I'm limping. But the thing with physical injuries is people, because they're visible, they say, oh my goodness, what happened? And then you get to talk about your injury. And if you're a guy, it's often a cool thing. Yeah, I was, you know, I was playing soccer. (laughs) I was about to score a goal. Somebody pushed me and I sprained my ankle. It was awesome, you know? (laughs) So that with physical pain, often, not always, I understand, but often we're able to more comfortably talk about it because people can see it and therefore it helps with the healing process. Now, if we think of the similar thing with emotions, think of it this way. If you had just broken up with somebody, you know, a relationship just went sour, whether it's divorce or you're dating and just broke up after a long time dating, you feel a sense of pain, a sense of loss. And those Mm -hmm. start to make you question yourself and start to say, is there something wrong with me? Did, it, did I do something wrong? And here's the, where the difference comes and why emotional pain can last lots longer and be more painful than mm-hmm. physical pain. Because sometimes it's harder to talk about the emotional pain. If, if you remember the um, sprained ankle, it's like, yeah, I was playing soccer, it was awesome, cool. But when somebody, if they notice that you're you know, sad or not as outgoing as you were, maybe they're not going to come out and say, Hey, what's up? And maybe you won't feel as comfortable saying, yeah, I just broke up with somebody and I really feel bad about myself to the point where I just really don't love myself anymore because I don't know if I was good enough. That's not
1: as common to talk about. Mm. Right. Right. Very well said. Um, So with everything that's gone on, I mean, since you know, what you've been through up to this point, I'm sure, um, you know, especially with empaths and highly sensitive people, um, they don't really take, um, you know, criticism, and they're always kind of like people pleasing. So they're kind of always in a heightened state. So we get to a point where we have to deal with this. And so I'm wondering how you overcame your emotional pain, finally. Mm,
0: yes, thank you. And this has been so powerful and pivotal in my life, learning to overcome. So I went through this for 20 years. Okay? Not even my mom knew how much this event had affected me. Through these 20 years, I had learned to cope or compensate for this pain wow. by using what I called a shield of success. Hmm. I said, hey, I'm going to be good at everything that I do. School, work, church, sports, music, whatever. So that when people think of Ben, they'll think Ben is awesome. Ben is a leader. Ben is so good. Instead of the possibility of them discovering something about me that I don't control and that I'm not proud of. Um, You know, if people could see me, then I would be looking down at myself physically and saying, hey, there is something wrong with me. I think all of us can relate in one way or another. We look down at ourselves and we say, yeah, there's something about me that's broken, that makes me unacceptable to others. So we cope in a certain way. Now me, going through 20 years of this, and yeah, it led to other behaviors that I did not like and that were against my values. A lot of people start with you know, video games and eating or shopping or whatever that, they, that then might escalate into more mind-numbing behaviors like drugs, alcohol, pornography, even violence and suicide. So so, as I was entering the realm of addictions mm-hmm. and learning that that was not helping, it was just making me hate myself even more. And I said, my goodness, I need some help. I finally reached out to my parents, who I hadn't particularly since, because I thought, no, I'm just a guy who needs to take care of it myself. And I was taught better than this. I don't need to show people that I'm quote-unquote weak, right? Mm-hmm. I reached out to them, and thankfully, they listened. And they were willing to help. Right. So then I got in contact with a therapist and I just said, look, this is what I'm going through. And as I was considering this story of my emotional pain, I said, you know what? I wonder if this is my emotional pain. I wonder if there's something I can Mm -hmm. do about it. Even though it was 20 years ago and it still affects me. So I went to this therapist, very defensive, of course, because remember, for 20 Mm -hmm. years I had hidden this. I didn't want anybody to know. I didn't want to relive those feelings of uh, embarrassment and humiliation and fear. But I told my therapist my story, and like any good therapist, he says, thank you for telling me. And I was like, what? You're not going to react in ways like my friends did? I'm not (laughs) going to laugh and think I'm dumb for being here? And that was the first time that my brain experienced the possibility that the story I had been telling myself for 20 years may not be the case. So then he did something very helpful with me. And he said, Okay, I want you to imagine going back to your nine or ten year old self right after this event happened. And I want you to take him to a safe place. Then I want you to tell him you just went through something very difficult. And you have every right to feel the way that you do. But I want you to know that it is over, that you are loved. <laughs> And you're going to do some amazing things in life. Now, when he told me to tell myself this, I said, baloney. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't lie to myself. There's certainly no way I'm lovable. Uh, There's no way it's over. It's 20 years later and I'm still experiencing. I still had all these defensive thoughts. But as he repeated the process with me in this safe environment and allowed me to talk through things... I was able to experience emotions that I had hidden for years. And by doing so, by experiencing those emotions, I was able to release them.
1: Hmm.
0: And here's the cool thing. What was once a ghost that haunted me is now an ancestor that I can learn from.
1: Right. That's awesome. In fact, that's what I want to just kind of uh, point out to the listeners out there. You know, you can take a tragic incident and then turn it into something great, just like you have. And now, um, you're a public speaker, your motivational speaker and doing some really great stuff. Um, and now you're kind of giving back, um, with that said, uh, what, what is a couple things that you learned, um, up to this point? Like if I had told you right now, if you can go back in time and, um, maybe go back to that boy who was having, you know, the issue with the you know, the sweaty arms and the armpits. And what would you kind of tell him if you can go back and just sit down and say, hey, it's going to be okay?
0: Great question. I think two things come to my mind. First, it seriously took me 20 years to realize that what I had was called hyperhidrosis and Mm -hmm. that it exists with 5% of the world. In other (laughs) words, I wasn't alone. Right. (laughs) That make it Plus feel a lot tr- better. <laughs> oh, my goodness, right? For 20 years, I thought there was something wrong with me mm. and that I was the only one experiencing this. But I'm telling you, just discovering that, wait a minute, there's a podcast on this, there's a website mm. on this, there's an agency that does this, and people all sorts, you know, all over the world experience this. My goodness, it feels so good to not be alone. Exactly. Uh-huh. But more uh-huh. than be. Go, go ahead no
1: i was just going to say isn't it wonderful to to have technology because no a lot of people don't even know what an empath is i didn't even know until i started researching it and i'm like maybe i'm just flawed maybe i'm just damaged but then boom i found all these tribe members that are highly sensitive people and empaths i'm like there's there's millions of people like this like how did i how did i miss this you know but but i know what you're saying yeah it's a good feeling
0: yeah And what I've discovered, and I don't know if your listeners can relate with this, but, you know, when I discovered this hyperhidrosis society or community, whatever you want to call it, I did not think, yay, we're a bunch of broken people together. (laughs) (laughs) I said, oh, my goodness, we all have this same struggle or whatever I want to call it. You know, I'm careful with labels because I never want to say I'm broken or that I'm hopeless or helpless. But now I say, hey, I'm not alone. That means I validate what I feel and what I experience, and now I can do something about it. Right. So that is what I would tell myself as a 9 or 10-year-old boy and say, guess what? You know what? Hyperhidrosis, people sweat. Yes, you sweat more than most people, Mm -hmm. okay? I would validate that for sure. But I would tell them that you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Other people do. Cool. Then I would address Mm -hmm. what's even more important, and that's the emotions behind it. Because if I said, yeah, you're not alone and I still felt ashamed, then I still would have gone through
1: these 20 years and say, yeah, other people sweat, but not like me, you know? So with all said, I mean, uh, I'm just going to switch gears here a little bit. I know there's um, a lot of people that I have come across who have been through something similar, but maybe not as extreme. But when it comes to uh, functioning and having like a normal life as far as relationships, intimacy, you know, self-confidence, you know, building that, has that affected you as far as like developing relationships, not just only with like, you know, dating and sex and all that, but just also just like in the workplace and being, being kind of picky with who you spend your time with and who you work for and, uh, who you date and stuff like that, because that seems to be coming up a lot with my audience. Curious on your end, um, what was, what's your experience with that?
0: No, that's a fantastic question. <clears throat> and, you know, I hope your listeners realize that our experiences may be different. They may be even quite different, but I hope we can relate in how we felt. Mm -hmm. Whatever our our experience was in those details, we can relate in our emotions with the shame, the fear, the self-doubt, even the self-loathing. I experienced those. And with relationships, whether it be romantic or professional, absolutely, those carried with me. Now, I didn't realize them at the time. I just thought, my goodness, I struggle with things, or how come it's not working? But here's what I've come to realize. Yes, things have happened in the past, and they could be very traumatic, however we want to define them, and those are true and valid. But what I have learned is that we can move on from our past, and our past doesn't have to define our future unless we live there. So, there are ways to move forward from it, but first we realize the effect that it can have if we don't. So, if we're in a relationship, like I said, romantic or professional, and we have not learned to be okay with ourselves, which I say, overcoming our emotional pain, then what we're doing is we're expecting somebody else to fix us. First of all, that's not fair to ask. And second of all, that's always an expectation that really, it's unlikely that they're ever going to reach. So therefore, we're putting forth all of our weaknesses and everything that we haven't overcome onto somebody else. And it just stresses the relationships. Uh, One specific is, as I learned to cope with my emotional pain, I I used my shield of success, like I said. So I started to try to be perfect, and I tried to make sure everybody around me was perfect. Guess what that does to a relationship? (laughs) Oh, it makes it hard, because nobody will match your standards, right? Mm, And then you can't relate, and all of a sudden it's just like, what the heck? (laughs) How come it's not working?
1: Yep. That seems to be a big, big issue, especially with the the impasse where we always try to be like people pleasing and being perfect. and It ends up kind of backfiring on us. You know, here's a here's a thought
0: that I just shared today with my Facebook group about being honest with yourself. we talk a lot about being honest with Mm -hmm. others, but how often do we talk about being honest with ourselves? This does come with emotions. If we're just living lives trying to please others, then we're not being honest with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we're not honest with ourselves, then our emotions say, Hey, I've been trying to talk to you, and you're not listening, so I I guess I'm just going to chill here until you're ready.
1: Wow, I mean... (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate you you know sharing this and being brave to come on here and you know and just kind of be in the hot seat and you know you you know I commend you for what you're doing trying to help people make a make a situation that you had years ago and turn it into and making making it work for you which is which is awesome and I think that's what the world needs right now with the pandemic and all the the stuff that's going around in the world um I think we just need to be more empathetic for we know one another. So with that said, is there one thing, um, before we take off here, is there one thing that you can share with, with our, with the audience, uh, that are listening right now, um, that you want to make a statement about emotional pain?
0: Absolutely. What has happened to you doesn't need to define you. And there is hope for you in your future. So that, those are my one-liners, and then just to explain real quick, this is the biggest thing that I've learned about who I am and where I am today. Yes, for 20 years, I deep down thought that there was something broken about me and something wrong with me, but now that I took the time to understand and acknowledge the event, to validate it and those emotions, I have power over them. It doesn't mean my life's perfect, but I'm certainly happier, and I know that I have control over my future, and it is so such a good feeling.
1: With that said, um, can you just please tell us where we can find you, um, your website, or anything you'd like to shout out? We'd appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. I can be found anywhere online under Ben Eden Speaks. In fact, if you go to my website, www.benedenspeaks.com, you can request a free 8 Common Emotions and what they're trying to tell us. And I think that's fascinating for us to understand. And I'm working on a book, Mm -hmm. which includes my full story and all sorts of cool things that I think you guys will really appreciate. (laughs) And that should launch in a few months. But I'll be setting up pre-orders soon.
1: So you're not going to go after the soccer uh, career? (laughs) I love soccer, but I'm going to keep it as a hobby. Well, great. I'll look for that book and uh, definitely thank you for sharing um, your inspirational story. It was a pleasure having you here today. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Well, there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in on the On Call Empath. If you uh, can definitely hop on over to the Apple iTunes, uh, you know, give me a rating, let me know how I'm doing. So that way I can bring in more people like Ben and uh, bring more valuable content to you. It really means a lot. So with that said, we are out. You're listening to the On Call Empath.